Blog Talk Radio. With God's name, peace be upon you all. Good evening. This is your <clears throat> this is the New Mind Development Project. Your host, John Nasheed, on this Blog Talk Radio program, broadcasting from Nourishell, New York, every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Uh, we welcome you once again. And we pray that God is blessing you and your family and your community. And uh, we welcome you here on our program. Uh, we're, I think this is part five, part five. And we've been discussing the Holy Quran and Al-Fatiha, which is the first chapter of the Holy Quran. And, uh, you know, this program is really designed to kind of keep us uh, keep our attention on our studies as far as Islam is concerned. And, uh, you know, just to go over things, pretty much we, if we are Muslims and been studying for any length of time, information that we should know, Surah Al-Fatiha, right now we listen and we learn. And uh, God knows best. Uh, but before we get to that, I'd like to mention that uh, I have a website which is nm-dp.com and that's New Mind Development Project. Or you can go to New Mind Development Project and pick it up and uh, uh, you can make some comments on that if you desire. And also Facebook slash John Nashi, John Nashi, J-O-H-N-N-A-S-H-I-D. And also I have a radio program it comes on every Saturday morning, and uh, it's online. Actually, also, it's in studio locally. It's WVOX 1460 AM radio, and online is com, and that's uh, worldwide. So wherever you are, wherever your friends, you can let them know. They can tune in. It's a call-in program, talk radio program. We discuss issues of concern. Actually, this week we're going to have an imam from New York City, Imam Khalid uh, Abdul-Rashid, and uh, he's going to be speaking on, you know, some of the incidents that's been taking place in the city as far as New York City Police Department and the Muslims there. So uh, you can tune in there also, and uh, uh, we'd be looking forward to that. Uh, the Holy Quran. Last week I mentioned to you about a little pamphlet. I'm going to mention because I make some comments on the Quran, you know, just to kind of keep us going here. And we'll get back to Al Fatiha and conclude that hopefully today. And uh, hopefully next week we'll take up a new topic, which is general topics that might not necessarily be the Quran, but it'll be something interesting to us all. Uh, this pamphlet is an introduction to the Quran by Maldui. And uh, Maldui, as we mentioned, he's uh, with his past since past, may allow Grand in Paradise, the given his sins in Grand in Paradise, a very uh, astute scholar, and much of the material early on that we came in contact with here in America was from Maldui. And uh, it's a very powerful little pamphlet. 
And I mentioned if anyone have it, make sure you hold on to it because these things kind of disappear over time. This particular one was put out by Islamic Circle of North America. But it's to, speaking about the Quran and introducing you, and we went over this, I believe, the first week or maybe the first second uh, part of this uh, segment, these are programs, uh, topics that we're talking about here. But uh, we'll go over, we didn't mention it from his book, we mentioned it from some other sources, but we'll go over a few things here, and then we'll go on with our topic. The Holy Quran is a unique book. There is none like it. It's a book that God said that this is the book, and it is guiding sure, without doubt. There is no book or no word like the word of God. And this word is given to us for, for guidance. The more we understand it, then quite naturally, the more we're able to read it and study it, especially if our intentions are pure. That's important. It is arranged, it is not arranged in any uh, literary order. In other words, we read books according to literary order. You know, we kind of condition that this is the flow of the book. This is how we read it. This is how it should be structured, etc. Not the Quran. The Quran it might enter into a topic and then write in that same chapter or the next paragraph, it goes off into a whole other subject matter. So don't kind of prepare yourself thinking that you're going to be able to follow the line of what God is giving us. God is directing us. So we have to prepare ourselves to follow what God is giving us as a guidance. The Quran must be studied seriously with good intentions to begin to understand God's message. In, in the Quran also it mentions that all matters are, are judged by intent. The Aniya, Aniya is our intention. What are we doing this for? Do we have good intent or bad intent? Actually, I heard someone mention once they were speaking, and they said if you enter into a Quran with bad intent, then that's exactly what the Quran will give you. You know, eventually we end up hurting ourselves very serious. So God is God. God is the creator of man. He knows man. He created man. And out of his mercy, he gives us a book of, of guidance to guide our life on the right course. The Quran moves through different themes without any indication of a change, as I mentioned earlier. God just is God is moving you with different themes. So this is where our intentions, you know, our patience, we have to be very patient, we have to be humble and let God take us through these different themes that he can nourish, you know, our minds and give us the proper guidance that we need in this very difficult life that we live in. The Quran deals with faith. It deals with moral instructions, laws, uh, invitation to Islam, warning disbelievers, history lessons, good tidings, uh, all blended together. You know, the Holy Quran, what's so beautiful about it, you know, not presented, or it wasn't presented to me uh, early on as just a book that, you know, everything in it is 
says something good. Allah addresses everything. He addresses the good, the bad, you know, moral instructions, laws and rules and things of that nature, inviting people to Islam and warning the disbelievers. He talks about hypocrites, etc., etc. Now, is he talking about for me, for somebody else? Now, all of these things that I'm studying in the Quran is talking about me, and I'm reading it directly for me because I could be a believer, but I also could be a disbeliever. I also could be a hypocrite, and uh, God knows best. So he gives us a well-rounded view of all of the things that we need in our life because it's speaking to our life. The Quran is a message for our life. It's like an automobile company gives you a manual for a Cadillac. That Cadillac is not... That manual is, Cadillac manual is not for BMW, it's for Cadillac. The Quran is not for a horse, the Quran is for a human being. Guidance, this is the book, and it is guidance, sure, without doubt. The same topics are repeated over and over in different ways to teach people on different levels and to reinforce the message like a smooth transition, changing without notice. And that just sounds so beautiful, you know, smooth transition, just changing without notice. And once we get into the flow, put ourselves in the flow, or in the spirit of reading the Quran in that transition, and this is how we play it back, uh, so to speak. Sometimes we can be talking on a topic, and then we'll change gears. And say, wow, where did that come from? That was a smooth transition. You know, we might see something, or we might hear something among the audience or the people we're talking to, and we change gears, go right into another gear, smooth transition. And you say, where did that come from? It came from conditioning, from reading the Quran, the Word of God. And God talks to us on different levels because we have different levels of education. And uh, out of the mercy of God, he doesn't just speak to the big intellects, he speaks to the little man too. And actually the little man can learn his lesson possibly better than the big intellects, the people who have acquired higher learning in this world. But God can give a little man uh, a message or an example of an ant, and that individual could understand something in the universe far greater than itself just from understanding the message of the ant. Because God is a teacher, and God is a perfect teacher. Alhamdulillah, praise be to God. Ikra, read with the name of the Lord who created. He created the universe, created man. And this is like a, a pair that he created. And we read in the Quran where it mentions that he created everything in the universe uh, for mankind. If we did any uh, studies, we would see that the universe was here long before mankind, before the physical man and before the intellectual man. The universe was already here. The trees, the rocks, plants, waters, Things of that nature, animals roaming on the earth. In other words, the home for man had already been prepared. 
furnished by God out of his mercy. And he created the universe, and then he created uh, intellect and put it in the universe. So in other words, he created the universe for the benefit of man or his mind, and he created man's mind to benefit from the universe. That's the mercy of God. And this is our home. And we have some folks on this planet Earth that try to uh, dominate the, the world, <laughs> uh, trying to make us think that they own it. But God didn't put this earth here for people to claim it. No, God put it here to benefit mankind, all of us. You know, there's no way that man can tie in the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars. He has no no monopoly on that. You know, we all can observe these great creations and benefit from it in our mind. And in God's time, God will set everything straight because God is the best knower, alhamdulillah. When we say God, we're talking about Allah. Allah is God. God is Allah. Allah is God. And there's only one God, whatever we call him. Yahweh, people call God many different names. But the one God is what we're talking about here. Has no partners, has no associates. Man and the universe are mentioned differently from that of the natural sciences. It follows it follows its own method of solving social problems quite differently uh, from that of the norm. Remake the world using the language of the Quran, not the language of politicians and educators and social scientists and lawyers and other folks. Remake the world. When we say or hear that language, remake the world. This is the language of the Quran, because this is why God sent us the Quran, to remake the world. And what do we mean when we say remake the world? We mean remake the world as God established it in the first place. Quite honestly, the physical world is never going to change, but man came and corrupted the concepts, the ideas, and he started feeding us false perceptions. So God gives us a language in the Quran to resurrect the perception, the proper perception. We make the world. This is not a political statement. Matter of fact, in the presence of God, we care nothing about political statements and people posturing for positions and things of that nature. No, Allah created the world, and he put us in this world, and we thank him. Alhamdulillah. When you read the Quran, when you read the Quran, wipe out all of your preconceived ideas about what it may reveal. Let your dedication and sincerity take over. In other words, enter into the Quran with empty, empty uh, perception, like a Empty, empty brain, and let your dedication and your sincerity take over. Those who have been trained by the world and rewarded with big degrees have the most difficult time understanding Quran because they have already been programmed with an order of reading. Sometimes.
you know, education is a beautiful thing. But the kind of education where we're programmed into somebody else's way of thinking, then, you know, it might be good in this world, but in the world of God, who gives us free will and free freedom to pursue knowledge and information, then quite naturally, God is the best knower. The Quran is addressing the pure heart, not your intelligence. <clears throat> the pure heart or the sixth sense, you know, the, the that voice of God, the intuitive uh, voice coming from the soul. I heard uh, Ali Imam Wafi Muhammad, he was talking about the sixth sense, and he said the sixth sense represents all of the five senses. All of the five senses combined uh, makes up the sixth sense. And that's that voice speaking deep into in, in us, like in the time of Prophet Muhammad, when he, Allah revealed the Quran on the heart of the Prophet. And the Prophet started speaking, and he was speaking about matters that he shouldn't have known about. He was talking about baby in the womb. He was talking about the ocean, at the bottom of the ocean, things about in the heavens and the sky. He, 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 we know he wasn't there because the technology wouldn't even allow him to be there. But this was coming from within, that intuitive, the intuitive side. The intelligence is rational. The pure heart is obedient. The intelligence is combative. The pure heart is submissive. The Holy Quran was originally revealed on the pure heart of Prophet Muhammad. He wasn't combating. He wasn't, you know, like we do as human beings. Every time something come our way, you know, we have our opinion and we're going back and forth and things of that nature. No, just let it fall on your heart. And it falls on the heart. It doesn't combat. No, it's a pure heart, just submissive heart. It just lays on the heart under the law. The Quran has verses that are clear, which are easy to understand, literal, literal verses. And we don't go against the literal uh, meaning that God gives us, but he teaches. We are also taught that we should try to seek deeper insight into the literal message. You know, we have a rational mind. God gave it to us. He gave us intelligence. He gave us a mind that is rational. It reasons, right? So if God gave it to us, everything he gave, he meant for us to use. Why would God give us such a powerful mind? I think Einstein or somebody said that we only use a fraction of this brain that we have. If God gave it, gave us that much power, he meant for us to use it all. <laughs> I'm pretty certain. He says, verses that are just literal. I can look at the tree and I say, hey, what is that? A tree. But then there's also other concepts and ideas that's associated with the tree. And we can look into the nature of the tree and see how that tree functions. And as we understand more and more, we can utilize the benefit of the knowledge of the tree for the betterment of our life. And, you know, quite naturally, we have done that. We have there's many products that have come out of the tree. And just like a bird in the sky, which is a creation of God, it's a literal picture. But then man comes along and creates an airplane based on the same knowledge of the nature 
of the tree. And we can go on and on and on with that. And uh, God is the best knower. But God blesses whomsoever he wills with understanding. Understanding is a gift from God. And if God created prophets and messengers, and he gave them insight, and he gave them deeper insight, that's a blessing from God. It says, none will grasp the message except men of understanding. And uh, we have to respect that, respect what God had blessed with understanding, because the people that he blessed with understanding are the ones he had blessed to give us the guidance, his guidance, and God knows best. You cannot connect God's Quran with your information out of the context of its meaning for your benefit. No. You only create confusion uh, in the meaning. So don't try to tie our knowledge and information into what God has given us. As I mentioned earlier, just relax, be submissive, uh, relax, and let the word of God shower itself upon us. God knows best. So that's our little talk for this week on, you know, just general information, understanding the Quran, the word of God. And uh, we're going to continue here. And uh, I think last week we were talking about Al-Fatiha, or the opening chapter of the Holy Quran, the seven oft-repeated verses of the Holy Quran. And uh, it's called also the mother of the book, the essence of the book, the mother of the book. You know, essence means that in those seven ayahs, he says, it's representing, it's represented, the whole of the Quran is represented in those seven ayahs. So therefore, if we have the seven ayahs, then the Al-Fatiha will open up a bigger understanding of the Holy Quran. So it's just not opening up the pages of the Quran, like the opening chapter, like, Genesis in the Bible says this is the opening chapter. Not the opening chapter in that respect. It's the, op- it's the chapter that opens up the meaning or the understanding, I should say, of the Holy Quran. So this is why these are essential. It's the off- called the oft-repeated verses. We say them in every salat, constantly, always, teaching our children as little babies, little children, teaching them al-Fatiha, al-Fatiha, al-Fatiha. And it opens up the meaning of Quran. So this is the essence. And essence means just like a a seed. It could be a corn seed or wheat seed, and you put it in the, green, in the ground, small as it is, but look what comes out of it. The whole of it, the whole of it comes out of it, like a stalk of corn. Who would ever imagine that a one seed a big stalk will come out with ten ears of corn and a stalk and some uh, uh, other material uh, connected to it. But all of that you see is in that little seed. And same thing with a sperm seed for human life. Uh, this thing is big when God wants us to understand it. 
you can see that this is really big. It's science, because God just doesn't speak literal. He speaks in science. Scientific is a scientific language for us, not for God. We can't categorize anything for God is concerned, but we see it in our intelligent mind when we begin to study. We see that, hey, this is science. And what is science? Science is mathematics, and mathematics proves true. And everything that God created belongs to his oneness, and his oneness is connected, and everything is related and connected. You know, in other words, one thing depends on another. You know, everything. So God didn't create anything out of order. Out of all that he created, everything is connected. And I believe we were at Surah Al-Fatiha. Show us the straight way, the straight path. Guide us on the straight path. First of all, I'll read Al-Fatiha, and then we'll go on. Wish me luck. With the, with the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, praise be to God, the cherisher and sustainer of the worlds, most gracious, most merciful, master of the day of judgment. Thee do we worship in thine aid we seek. Show us the straight way, the way of those upon whom thou hast bestowed thy grace, those whose portion is not wrath and will go not astray. I mean, that's Surah Al-Fatiha. And last week we covered up to number five, and uh, I'm not going to go back over it, but you can go to uh, part, I believe it's four, yes, part four, on the archives of this program, archives of this program, and you can hear all of the segments that we have covered so far. And uh, now we're on number six, Show Us the Straight Way. The straight way, Edina Sorato Mustakin, and uh, is guide us on the path, or lead us on the path, or advise us on the path, assist us on the path. And Sorato uh, Mustakin, this is the straight path. And where is this path leading? You know, some people say it's a horizontal, and some say it's a vertical. And when we see horizontal and vertical, we see a cross. And like I said, this is science. And, you know, Imam Wadi is a great teacher, and he took us through many of these things, you know, because mankind has, first of all, he has to go up uh, before he can understand properly how to come down on this earth and really understand what God who he wants for us. Show us the straight path. Straight or vertical path. It, it's a, just an indication that it's going up. And, you know, anything going up, when you're talking about spiritual matters, is heaven. And heaven that we understand is not the heaven that we were groomed in as children in these United States of America. And uh, the vertical, horizontal, is giving us an indication of right here, on this earth. So it's a balanced life for human beings. You know, we have to have the material life and we also have to have, you know, spiritual awareness. You know, we have to have uh, spiritual insights. And that's a matter of conditioning. You know, it conditions us 
over a period of time, you know, the different elevations, seven steps into heaven, the ascension, Nisraj, of our dear Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, the path to heaven, in other words, the path to human excellence, the path to your original nature, the path leading to your original nature. You know, we have a spiritual aspiration, and also uh, we must live a life right here on this great planet Earth. You know, uh, we're talking about the Nisraj where Prophet Muhammad had made the ascension into heaven and uh, seven different levels. It's in Jerusalem. And I'm not going to go into the story, but anyone who's studies the lessons, I'm pretty certain you're familiar with it, in the Hadith, in the life of our dear Prophet Muhammad. And uh, he made a night journey, and he went to Jerusalem, and Al-Aqsa, the mosque there in Jerusalem, you know, he entered into the door, and he began to ascend into heaven. Now, you know how we think some of us, we have been conditioned in the church, so quite naturally we uh, kind of think like that, you know. You know, so period of time that we evolve above that kind of thinking. But I don't challenge people thinking when it comes to their religion. What holds them? I say, alhamdulillah. And uh, some we have some Muslims who think the same way Christians. You know, they think just you know, kind of. Well, I don't want to go there, but nonetheless, we'll just continue on this. And when he entered into the uh, the door, he saw his father, he called his father Adam, and he greeted him. And, you know, Adam represents something. He represents the originality of man, the beginning of man, how he started out. And this is the wisdom of uh, Imam Wati Muhammad that taught us over years. And uh, and Prophet Muhammad, is, as he's ascending, we say into the heavens, but we, when we look at it, we, in his own soul, in his own uh, development, uh, he's ascending into, into to those heights from the first level to the second level. I believe it was Jesus and John, which represents the word and spirit. That's a level that he came to. And another level he came to was Yusuf. And Yusuf is representing that insight, that intuitive part. Once we study that, we understand Idris, the logic, and Aaron, uh, speech, clear speech, Moses, the law, and Ibrahim, uh, reason and rationale. And he came to the conclusion that God is God by using his rational mind. So these developments, these seven steps, these are lessons that even the big learned people of this world, Christians and Jews and atheists, people who only believe in God, they still have sense enough to use the wisdom that they see. Wisdom and knowledge is is, is power, is wealth. And we see many books that are written based on seven steps, seven developments. You go in the bookstore, you go to Barnes & Noble tomorrow, and ask them for develop, development books, human development books. I'm pretty sure you might see six or seven uh, 
topics on seven developments or seven steps or seven something. And it's showing you that these are the kinds of disciplines that we have to go through to be in that state of heaven. And heaven is not up in the sky above the clouds. Seven, I mean, heaven is a state of mind. How you come into a state of mind, that's that heavenly state of mind. And hell also is a state of mind. And if we don't be careful and continue to keep arguing and bickering, bickering with one another, then we'll find ourselves experiencing that state of hell. You know, we prepare ourselves for heaven, and hell prepares itself for you. <laughs> the fire is being kindled right now. So we should be working to get to heaven so that fire don't get us. And I'm not talking about a physical fire. I'm talking about the conditions of the world creating torment. And then when Prophet Muhammad reached the seventh level, he greeted Ibrahim, our Prophet Ibrahim. He greeted him, As-salamu alaykum, Father Ibrahim. And between the two, from Adam to Ibrahim, he greeted them, my brother. So that's telling us something. And father means the leader of something. In other words, Adam was the leader of our original nature, the original part that we were talking about, the material part made from the dust of the earth. And Ibrahim was the father of our spiritual selves. And there we talk about as it was on heaven, as it is in heaven, so should it be on earth. Because when Prophet Muhammad had gotten to that seven development, then he had to return to earth. He had to come and put his feet or put his uh, efforts right back here on earth. And as the Christians say, as it was in heaven, so should it be on earth. So in other words, God wanted this great heaven to be on earth. Do we think that the earth could be heaven? I mean, you look at the earth today, you say, no, this could never, place could never be a heaven. There's nothing wrong with the physical world that God created, but look what Satan has done to this earth. You know, every time you pick up the paper, you see murder, you see homosexual uh, encounters, you, child abuses. Of, uh, sexual abuses and things of that nature, drunkenness, murder, you name it. But then recall the story when God was showing Hebrew, uh, uh, the angel Jabril, the earth before Satan was here, and Jabril or Gabriel said, oh, what a beautiful place. How can anybody go wrong in a place like that? Nothing wrong with this earth. But then when Satan came on, that's the that's the mentality. When that mentality came onto the earth, then he showed on the earth sometimes later, and then he said, How can anybody go right in a place like that? So we have a very serious job to do. But first of all we have to go to heaven and then we have to come back to earth. Because if we don't go to heaven, if we don't ascend through those disciplines and purify and clarify ourselves for the job, and quite naturally, Satan is going to destroy us on this earth. And we see it happening every day. And uh, 
a beautiful thing. And the Kibla, the path to your original human nature, the Kaaba and the Blackstone, you know, these are signs. All of these things are signs that God gives us. And he blesses us with a person who can interpret signs for us. You know, this is not the old days. We're not taking ourselves back 1,400 years ago and try to live in a desert <coughs> as uh, Prophet Muhammad. We're not trying to have a dress style as the Prophet Muhammad. The message is much, much, much bigger than that. Allah is developing us over periods of time, Muslims, developing over periods of time with a clearer understanding of his message. The black stone represents the original nature of mankind from Adam. Black represents man's origins because everything that uh, God created, he started it out in blackness and not so much blackness of night, but the blackness of ignorance. And then over a period of time, it evolves into that excellent enlightenment knowledge. It evolved over that time. Everything, everything that you see God created, it started out in blackness and it evolved into light. So we have to be patient. We have to be patient until God blesses us to come out of the state of mind we're in into a higher state of understanding. And uh, God knows best. The square cubicle, the Kaaba, represents man's coming out of the darkness of Jahalia into a 360 degree, 360 degrees of completion. 360 degrees of completion. You know, I was, I've been to Hajj and uh, saw the Kaaba, and I didn't try to confuse my mind with all of the building that was done later to accommodate the pilgrims. You know, when you go to Hajj, you have to concentrate on Kaaba, the Kaaba. Uh, that's what's important, is that square, square uh, cubicle. Uh, right in the center there. And it has such a powerful message. You know, it's just not to go there to become emotional and, you know, breaking and trying to kiss the black stone and become emotional. It's, it's, it's to use your rational mind, like what Abraham, Father Abraham, represents. And uh, this covers four walls or four corners uh, represent 360 degrees of completion in a square. You say, well, how do you get 360 degrees in a square? Uh, four 90-degree angles. Each corner is a 90-degree angle, and those four 90-degree angles represents 360 degrees, which we see as completion, as the circle. A uh, circle is complete. Actually, the Kaaba is complete. <laughs> Same 360. 60 degrees. When the pilgrims go counterclockwise around the Kaaba or the house, they complete compete with they complete a circle also. See the circle and the circle becomes wider and wider and wider and wider. 
and eventually that circle, if it continue, if you just keep following that logic, that circle will encompass the whole world, starting right there at the Kaaba. You know, it, it just it, it, it spreads, spreads, spreads abroad, abroad the circle. You have a square, and we have a circle, and both of them is representing 360 degrees of completion. They start at the black stone when you go. You start out at the black stone and you end at the black stone after seven circuits around the Kaaba. And then you pray behind the station of Ibrahim. And, you know, what I observed behind the station of Ibrahim, and keep in mind who Ibrahim is. He's the father. He's the father of uh, that rational insight. Know, where he was looking into the heavens and he was trying to find God. Actually, he was looking for material matter for God. And then when these things set, he said, no, these can't be God, the sun, the moon, and the star. And then he came to a conclusion in his rational mind that, no, this can't be God. Whatever is behind these creations is God. Right? So he came to that. Did he see God? No, he didn't see God, but he saw the power of God in his creation. So after we make those circuits, then we go behind the station of Ibrahim and we make two rakahs of prayer. And what I observed was while I was making the prayer, right from that station of Ibrahim, it was had a like a bird's eye view of the black stone. Looking, looking directly at the black stone, as if Ibrahim was watching over that stone. The father, he's the father of that rational insight, and uh, it looked like he was observing, you know, watching over that or protecting it. You know, the father, quite naturally, he's the leader, and if we view father as the father of children, then quite naturally they want to look over their children, and they're going to make sure that things stay Correct. This is why it's important that we go to Hajj, or even if we don't go to Hajj, then we have the knowledge of what Hajj is giving us. But we just don't go there for a vacation. Each one of the rituals has a very, very powerful, powerful message that continues to play itself out. Nobody can write a book on what God is giving each and every pilgrim, when he go to uh, Hajj, no, God God called him as an individual. He didn't call him with an imam. He didn't say, Brother John, come to Hajj and bring your imam. Matter of fact, I, I am my imam, the imam for myself, <laughs> and you are that for yourself. So when God called us there and we say, here we are, oh Allah, here we are, then God is speaking to our intellect. And those of us whose hearts is right, those of us whose hearts is pure, and quite naturally we're going to understand more than those who just go to Hajj for vacation. And Hajj constantly, continuously reveals information to that Hajji. I went in 2003, and sometimes I sit down and I reflect on it, more information coming to my mind. More information coming to my mind over and over and over. So 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us that there is wisdom for those who reflect. You know, just don't read the book or read the nature that God created. After you have observed it, reflect on it. And God blesses us through our reflections. In the creation of life, new life in the womb, seven is complete and nine is also complete. So that seven is a number of completion and also nine is a number of completion. Both examples end up in with Father Ibrahim. Uh, both examples end with Father Ibrahim or the heaven is concerned and the completed nature both examples start with Father Ibrahim, the original nature. And when I say both examples, I'm talking about the Mithraj, the ascension, starts with Adam and it ends with Ibrahim. And when we make the Tawaf or go around the cup, then it starts with Ibrahim, excuse me, it starts with Adam and it ends with Ibrahim. And uh, one is talking about the original nature, and the other is talking about the completed nature. We start out in our original nature, and we end up in our completed nature. And we're making those circuits and circuits and broader and broader and broader around the the Kaaba. God knows best. This is, we're still talking about... uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about Surah Al-Fatiha, show us the straight way. And I'm going to speed this up because we want to conclude here today and uh, it's more material than I thought that we had to deal with, but nonetheless, we'll do the best that we can. When we seek God's aid, he shows us the straight way. Show us the straight way. Seek the aid of God. He shows us the straight way. How does Allah guide us on the straight path? By our actions. One who prays but do no action, his prayer counts for nothing. Action is very important. Just to make salat or make dua and don't do anything after that, then it counts for nothing because we living a living entity of flesh and blood, we breathe, we have a rational mind, we we have aspirations, etc. So that just is a description for action. And the prayer gives us the kind of spirit and things that we need for action. So it's very important. Allah hears the, the spoken as well as the unspoken words. He hears what is in our heart, which is very important. Prayer is... Uh, Conscious movement towards righteousness, applying our five senses. Our five senses is very important, which will, in time, bring us into scientific understanding of Allah's reality and righteousness. I'm going to try to say this very fast, because Imam is very complicated for those of us who never heard Imam Wati Muhammad speak before, but he mentioned about the five prayers 
that God gave to Abraham or gave to Moses, I mean, excuse me, he gave to Prophet Muhammad to uh, give to man. And he started out with 50 prayers at first. And then when he went, was going back down, the uh, those developments that we spoke of, Moses told him that he said 50 prayers. He said, that's too much. They won't do it. He said, I had those same people before, meaning that he was the prophet over man, the same man. It was no different man. <laughs> and he said, they won't do it. He said, you better go back. And then... God, he went back and God reduced it from 50 to a lesser number and he kept telling them, go back, go back. And then it came all the way down to five. And even with five, Moses told him to go back. They won't do five. And then he said he would be ashamed to go back and even ask for a lesser number. So therefore, we have five prayers. And then God blesses us out of his mercy Uh with the benefit or the reward of tenfold. He blesses you tenfold. So ten times five in reality is 50. So it's still 50. But what does this 50 mean? The five represents our five senses. And he also mentioned that the zero is uh, represents science. So when you put your rational mind or your five senses along with the zero, it brings us to scientific understanding. So this is where he wants to bring us, the scientific. And uh, I think I mentioned a book last week, and it was talking about the Quran and science, religion, the Quran, and science. You know, man came along and he separated science from religion, and actually he hasn't proven anything scientific anyway. Actually, all the scientific information is theories. Theories mean they don't know, but the science of God is correct, correct science. So that zero represents, along with the five senses, it represents the five senses scientific, scientifically. And uh, they even give some support. That is one of the Muslims. He was, or God blessed him to discover the zero, the zero. And I said zero we're talking about right here. He said prior to that, if man had to come up with some kind of mathematical equation to try to get out into the space, into the atmosphere, as the scientists are doing now, then if he was dealing with Roman numerals before the zero, we'd still be right here. He'd never get out. Because we know that this the V, X, the L, the C, the M represent a thousand, a hundred, or fifty, or ten. And if you start putting those numbers together just to try to make a million, well you have you have a headache. But then when the zero came along God blessed us with the zero through a Muslim. And then you just start moving the zero. Now you have 10, you have uh, 100, you have 1,000, 10,000, a million, billion. You go into the trillions or whatever other numbers are available. You just move the zero. So that's scientific. 
So now we can come to an equation, a scientific equation, by using or utilizing that zero, and we can get out of this atmosphere with ease. I mean, just ease now. It's just through mathematics, through science. And uh, God put us in an environment, and in this earthly environment, uh, he put gravity in a gravity environment, and that gravity is designed to hold us here. But then he also gives man the mind to defy the very law that holds him. <laughs> well, this is wonderful. The very law that holds you, man is mind is so powerful over what God created, he can defy those laws and he gives man the tools. But some of us we get so spooky and we take that five and uh we do some we have some thinking that's nowhere near what God desires for us. You know, man Man is an explorer of everything that God created, and that's what made the Europeans so successful, and they came out of their jahaliyah or their darkness by the light of the Quran. They were in jahaliyah too. They were in darkness in Europe, and they came out of it in Florence. They began to uh, develop themselves, and they went out in the world exploring God's creation. And quite nicely, he did some very bad things out there, but we have, we don't we haven't been able to muster up enough knowledge, information uh, to be uh, competitive, and this is why they rule the world right now. And we complain and we bicker and we say all of these things, blah blah blah. But I say, get busy, open up your Quran and study the life of Prophet Muhammad and look at it in a scientific way and start some scientific developments going on, even little small experiments and things of that nature, studying a bird's behavior. It just conditions your mind to think scientific. And then when we open the Quran, you know, we won't be just small literal thinkers in Quran. We'll be scientific thinkers in the Quran. God knows best. So there's a lot and lots and lots of information that, you know, we can go over and we can read, but if we don't pursue it ourselves, then quite naturally we are not going to be successful. So uh, as there was a renaissance in, or rebirth in Europe during that period, I think it was like the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries, it made great, great progress. But they came alive again after going back to sleep. They went to sleep, Christianity, and they came back to life because of the Quran, the light of the Quran. And they went out in the world and they dominated the whole of the world. Now, not that they took the Quran and did the right thing or their Bible or the enlightenment that they received and did the right thing, but nonetheless, if you utilize God's tools, and as we mentioned earlier, if you bring some a bad mind to it, then quite naturally you're going to get bad results. But now, today, they have something to contend with. Anybody that's taking God's knowledge and wisdom and using it in a wrong way, 
and we should cast truth at that falsehood to knock out the brain of falsehood and bring the world back to where God originally created, where the angel Jabril could look at it and say, how can anybody go wrong in a place like that? So thank you for your time and your patience and, uh, you know, pass it on for anybody. And uh, we another thing, I'm just going to read this because we don't have time to go into it, but it's the last uh, verse of that chapter. El Fatiha is showed, it's mentioned that one we were talking about was show us the straight way. And this is the, the last one. Last verse is the way of those on whom thou hast bestowed thy grace, those whose portion is not wrath, and who go not astray. Great grace, wrath, and astray. The gift of grace, ease of movement, smoothness, balance, harmony, which allows you to stay on the straight path. For the worker and God's cause, those who have no doubt a balanced person is a person of peace. Those whose portion is wrath, a person off balance, unbalanced in their human nature, a person who doubts God's way, who have fallen off the straight path. Their hands have been their hands have earned them God's wrath, intense anger, madness, fury, furious acts of vengeance, etc. The rejectors of faith. The people who went astray are the ones who were on the straight path, but got off of the path and was led into error for reasons of self-interest. I have heard the people say the people of grace are the Muslims, the people whose wrath uh, are the children of Israel, and those who went astray were the Christians. No, all these categories affect all human beings. Human nature is all the same nature to accept or reject God. And we thank you once again, and may peace be upon each and every one of us and every one of you and your families, and hopefully you'll be with us again next week or check out our archives. And uh, we thank you very much for listening, listening to us this evening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.